Low Elo is made possible by listeners just like you. And by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash lowelo for your free audiobook download. Oh shoot, I didn't write, I didn't write uh, what we were going to talk about. You're listening to the only League of Legends podcast with puns of damage. You're listening to Low Elo. Bienvenidos al episodio 114 de Lo Hilo, el único podcast de Liga de Leyendas con presentados muy guapos. Primero, el jefe catástrofe, Jeff Wyckoff. Audi 4. Segunda, segundo, con la barba extraña, tenemos Eric Belsas. Hola, ¿cómo te llamas? Me llamo Eric. Finalmente está el baño. <risa> Finalmente el presentado más guapo, el que tiene millones de dólares y como muchas vie amigas femeninas, compe 386. <risa> What's up? <risa> I feel like you said more before your name than you said before our names. I did, but you guys don't speak Spanish, so you have no idea what I said. Oh. Feliz cumpleaños. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> nice. So, for what what percentage of our listeners would you say are, are um, Spanish-speaking countries? I, I think it's, I'm sure, but... I, I think it's actually, like, less than 2%. Which is still a significant percentage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, most, I mean, most of our. Less than 2% of 12 million listeners. Still, <laughs> you know, that's a good number. Uh, no, 12 billion listeners. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Sorry. I feel like in the spirit of, of the World Cup or La Copa Mundial, uh, you know, nobody here speaks, uh, Portuguese, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it. But, uh, you know, the closest <laughs> thing we've got is Spanish with our Mexican brethren, that's true. That's true. Baja del Border. And the Spanish love soccer, football, football, football. Yeah, you got to put well, the ooh on the ooh. Yeah, football. <laughs> you got to put the ooh on the ooh. Nice. <laughs> so you, Copy, you should you should teach language. That's what I want to do, man. Put the ooh on the ooh. All right, man. Uh, yeah. So this week the new patches, what pretty much changed everything. Well, I guess not everything, but. Not everything, everything, but lots of things. It's shaking, shaking things up for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's they they took some major pieces of gameplay and shook them up and kind of spelled them out. And I, I think it's going to be a while before people figure out what to do with them. Um, let's kind of attack this in the same order that they did the patch notes. Now, of course, we're not going to read the whole patch notes. You guys can go and do that for yourselves, but <clears throat> we will start off with highlights. Let's look at Nidalee. 
So uh, anyone who was watching LCS and then who had to play any sort of solo queue games afterwards has noticed that Nidalee has been a little bit of a pretty much a staple of the game lately. Yeah, I mean, Nidalee is... My only interactions with Nidalee ever were Nidalee and quote-unquote... I use finger quotes here, support Nidalee. Um, (laughs) You know, because support Nidalee doesn't really support uh in traditional sense but uh they kind of took that away which i'm upset about but at the same time i i really hate people who play a really cocky nidalee which is all stems from like you know season two with hotshot gg but uh they've really changed her up they've made her into more of an ad focused champion and they gave her cougar form at level one which you know, if you look at Elise, if you look at Jace, uh, you know, it's kind of... Yeah, if you look at Elise or Jace. <laughs> yeah, Elise or Jace. It brought her into, I don't know, modern times of uh, form-changing champions. So I, I have not tried her yet. I've seen her in-game plenty, though. There's lots of people trying her. Um, but I think they've addressed the problem that most people that causes the most rage with Nidalee, which were like the long range, like pick off spears with insanely high amounts of AP that could almost one shot you. If you were like an 80 carry yeah. uh, now, now what they need to fix in order to really combat that are the invisible spears that come out of fog of war. And yeah. You actually never see them or that you completely dodge and still hit you. So they've taken a little bit of her spear power, but they've really upped her, like, uh, skirmishing power. She's a really great skirmisher. She's always been good skirmisher, but they've really, uh, moved the focus to that. Yeah, she's much better now in her jaguar form. Cougar. Like, same thing. Cougar? (laughs) Cougar form. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Uh, regardless. Uh, like her pounce got buffed and swipe and I don't know the names of the actual abilities, but, but it makes for a much more interesting sort of counterplay between the two forms of Nidalee. Whereas before it was kind of spear, spear, spear. Yeah. Stand in the back, throw spears, heal somebody. Which, which was really boring. I mean, if you want. Oh yeah. But like what they've done is they like, Nidalee was the first. I believe their first attempt at Riot at making a dual form champion. And, you know, she was a great champion for a really long time. But, you know, like we said, Elise and Jace, they've really come a long way and they've sort of applied what they've learned, uh, to make her, I, I feel like a more complete, like you have to, it's not just a gimmick to go to cougar form and get away. You know, yeah. you have to play both her forms really well in order to be a great Nidalee as opposed to a, a good Nidalee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now, can we expect to see, and I don't think we will, but do you think we can expect to see people still holding back and just throwing spear after spear after spear? I mean, you can, but sure, there, there are way better options for that if you want like a yeah. really, really long-ranged uh, either support and, and well, that's what they've done. And they've Nidalee mid is going to be a lot more rare as long as, as well as Nidalee support is going to be a lot more rare. Now with the traps and the spears, yes, Nidalee support still has its, has its place as small as it may have been in the past, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot more top Nidalee, bruiser Nidalee. And I don't know, Jeff, I, I know you haven't tried it yet, but, uh, maybe she can jungle. <laughs> 
Well, you know, anyone can jungle. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I was looking through this actually just now, scrolling through her abilities again, and I did notice that the javelin toss, a big change to it, its width is half what it used to be. Yeah. I guess that's like a massive change right there. So you actually need to hit with that thing. Um, I think we can all agree that one of the things that made Nidalee so strong before is that really her javelin was like, it was, it was more like a beach ball in width, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You you would kind of like bean somebody awkward on the side of the head and it counted for full damage. So I think that they uh, reduced the width is actually. Nice big piece there. I'm also glad that it sounds like they made her just a little bit more of a brawler. I guess I just need to try it first. Yeah, I've been scared to try it, honestly. Like, I used to play, like I said, support in Italy every now and then because it was fun. But I'm I'm scared to try the new Italy. I have not tried it yet, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on with her. Well, let's let's table her for now and come back to her, which is pretty much what's going to happen to LCS for. Um, we <laughs> you can kind of think about it. We had a lot of like big Nidalee players picking up mid and uh, playing just a spear throwing Nidalee throughout the entire game. It's going to completely disappear now, and I'm not sure if we're going to see that return until if if people will pick it up before the end of the season with these changes. It's a little too significant for. Uh, pro players to go and make the changes to their play style, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's move into someone who kind of saw some surprise play in LCS lately, That uh, one, but who, you know, we kind of surprised everyone, I think, was Skarner. They did a big buff on him a few patches ago, and I think they just admitted that they went way too crazy with those buffs, but that they also needed to just fix some stuff. So he has a new passive now. Um, and they've basically reduced the effectiveness of everything else that he's got, uh, with the exception of some cooldown. Like, uh, I think the cooldown is lower on everything as well. So he gets yeah. to use more abilities. They're all less effective. Well, and, and there's, I think there's very much a reason he gets to use more abilities, which is his new passive, which is basically like Braum, except instead of auto attacking it, it procs off. Abilities. Yeah, so here, I'll, I'll read this for the benefit of the call and for everyone listening. It's, uh, this new mm-hmm. passive is called Crystallizing Sting. Uh, Crystal Venom, Skarner, Skarner's damaging abilities apply a Crystal Venom debuff to en- enemy champions and large monsters for five seconds. Uh, if Skarner lands a basic attack on a target with three stacks of Crystal Venom, he'll deal an additional 20 to 105 magic damage and stun the target for between 0.5 and 1 second. After being stunned, targets cannot be debuffed by Crystal Venom for 6 seconds. Yeah. What they've done is they've taken like that that unit-specific cooldown that they started really, I, I believe, with Yasuo with his E, uh, having the unit-specific cooldown. And they've given that to Skarner. But the history of Skarner is probably one of the most interesting uh, in if you look at any champions, because when he came out, he was really, really strong, except he he had terrible, terrible mana problems, and then they changed yeah. him a little bit, and then so they had, like, alleviated issues. Yeah, he alle- they alleviated some of the mana problems, and then he was still really strong. So then they nerfed him, and yeah, so Skarner's seen a lot of changes 
Um, and uh, with this most recent change, they it's interesting because they they buffed him so much the last time they changed him, and then now they kind of reeled him back a little bit. But they gave him this new passive. They changed up his Q and you know lowered the cooldown on his ult, and all of a sudden we're seeing him in pro play. And if you're playing ranked right now, you're seeing Skarner all over the place too. Yeah, so. and I think what they what they want is they want Skarner to no longer be like a one v one or someone who just singles out one target. I think they want to have him kind of dancing around in uh, a team fight. You know, you think of how much AOE uh, damage he can do with all of his different abilities, and then swapping between people and applying quick stuns to disrupt. Uh, as often as possible, and then also, but also give him the option that if he's taking a lot of damage, to turn around to the person who's whacking at him, stun, and then just walk out of the fight. Yeah, yeah, stun or or hit him with his big. Um, I forget the name of his ultimate, like uh, impale. impale or something. Impale. Yeah, because impale now also procs stacks of his uh, crystal venom to deal like a hundred damage per stack or something huge. Uh, which, which makes him, gives him just a little bit of burst potential, um, as well as, as that, that, that stun and escape potential. So I think, I think, I, I, I actually really like these changes. I, I'm not a Skarner player. I don't even own Skarner. Um, but I think this makes him sound way more interesting well, to me. Well, what that does also is, is it rewards people who start a fight and then impale someone. One True. of one yeah. of, I believe mm-hmm. one of Skarner's big problems is his dragging, you know, suppression mechanic, his ultimate, has always been kind of gimmicky. Like you flash in and then you'd get Shirelias. I remember old Scar if you look at old Skarner guides, they all have Shirelias in them. Because you'd ult someone Shirelias and then drag them as far as you could. And that was sort of the gimmick. Outside of that, Skarner was really, really lackluster. So what this does is this increases his fighting ability to start a team fight he's not really considered you know his initiation ability is a bit lowered but his you know in the middle of the fight sort of his trump card that you pull out in the same way you would jeff with warwick you know you fight someone you know get that auto attack up and then you know healing yourself and then in the middle of the fight you ultimate yeah you know, it kind of has that feeling to me yeah it gives that option and much of it's, uh, you know, before he was a either I'm going to win this fight or I'm going to lose this fight champion. And if you win the fight, you know that you're going to be able to win that fight for the rest of the game. And if you lose the fight, you know you're going to lose that fight for the rest of the game. And yeah. that's just the way it was. And so now he's got options and variation in gameplay. And that's, I think, a change that needed to happen. So. And I believe I remember saying this when Skarner came out. Like, his abilities to me, he's... He is the most mindless button mashing champion that exists yes. yeah, to yeah. my mind. Like it's <laughs> once like you catch up to your my... opponent, you just like s- yeah. slam your face against the. It's keyboard. like all of my abilities do something good. So as long as I right click and then press all the buttons like over and over, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh man, uh, you know, talking about Skarner kind of brings up uh, an old issue, and that is, I think I said his name once already, but Yorick. How long has it been since we've seen Yorick hit the scene? Uh, Yorick. I mean, he well, was present okay. in like the, what, the end or the middle of season three he was relevant? Yeah, he was pretty good. So, uh, okay. So 
I'm not going to claim that it was ever effective or that um, it was smart play, but Copenhagen Wolves have been jungling Yorick since the start of Summer Split. He has had some amazing plays. He has had some really terrible games. And and for this week's Copenhagen Wolves update, Eric yeah. also. <laughs> <laughs> but he's being played in the LCS. It's more than you can say about, like, Janna. <laughs> more than you can say about, like, 90% of the champions in League of Legends. Well, I think, I think the top meta is, is actually the most fragile. Um, because, I mean, it's been a while since they did that piece about Moon to Shivana Redacton, but uh-huh. it, it, the top meta really evolves. And I've seen some of our, um, low elo, uh, people that we play with all the time, like Dark Crimson Blade, Pajama Warrior, uh, pick up War- Yorick and play him top and just inspire such rage from the Renekton Mundo Shivana <laughs> players because, you know, Yorick has, may have fallen out of favor, you know, and there could be a million factors as to telling you why, but he's still a pretty good top and he, and he's what Yorick's strength is, is the incessant pushing, you know, I'm never going to get out of lane you can't handle being in lane with me for X number of times. So he's he's still really good at those strengths. Uh, and I think that, you know, just because in LCS play, we've seen that sort of top play diminish in favor of the I'm the super tank, I'm going to come down and, and initiate the team fight kind of deal. Uh, you know, just because that's what's popular in LCS doesn't mean that Yorick is suddenly bad. I mean, he hasn't really been changed. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. good point, Jeff, is that, you know, hey, b- bring up those old champions that are still good that just aren't popular, quote unquote, for some one reason or the other. Yeah. yeah. I've had, and, you know, I've had great I, success on Garen <laughs> top lane. He hasn't been popular since season two. So, you know, I always have great success on Garen. I guess that's not a really. So, you know, I was uh, I was gonna save this uh, topic for next, and we'll get to LeBlanc and everything. So don't let me forget. But uh, there's a new item actually that uh, we you know we've talked a lot about uh, Essence Reaver. We talked a lot about that offline, I guess, off the show. And uh, <coughs> I mean, I, why don't you tell people what you think of this item, Essence Reaver? Okay, well, Essence Reaver, if you don't know, it's the Vamp Scepter plus Pickaxe equals an item that gives you uh, mana whenever you auto-attack, plus the damage and lifesteal and stuff from the Pickaxe. And, and, you know, everyone knows, if you've been listening to the show for any period of time, that I'm a prolific Ezreal player. I play, whenever I'm, you know, whenever I'm up to playing AD Carry, my preferred role, my preferred champion is always Ezreal. So... Everyone's like, oh, try it. But I never actually did. Because Essence Reaver is one of those items that solves a problem that you don't have anymore by time you can afford the item. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Like, Ezreal has really has mana problems early. Uh, so, you know, I still build blue, I build blue Ezreal because that's what I love playing. I love playing blue Ezreal. There's no other way to play Ezreal. So I like getting the tier early. Once I get that tier, my mana problems are done. I don't have mana problems after I get that tier. Uh, tiers cost 700 gold. Essence Reaver costs, how much is it? 
like 2600 gold uh 2650 okay 2650 yeah by time i can afford 2600 gold for an item i don't want an item that gives me mana i could get that for cheap with an with a tier for 700 you know that so i get the essence reaver what i could have bought a bf sword and a pickaxe for that like <laughs> come on yeah i've been well on your and i mean and they buffed the bf sword so uh, be well on your way yeah, towards so the it's, Infinity it's a, Edge. It's another example of an item that solves a problem that you don't have by time you can afford the item. <laughs> and Riot does this constantly. I think I think that uh, there's been a lot of people saying the exact same thing. That it it costs too much for what it does. And it because it's such a varied item. I mean, let's see here. What, what all does it have on it? It has... Uh, so the unique passive on it is you gain 2 to 8% of your damage dealt th- from basic attacks as mana. Uh, the effect increases based on how much mana you're missing. It's plus 50 attack damage, 10% life steal, and 10% cooldown reduction. Yeah. And, and, and it's, all so of it's, things, it's kind of all over the place. All of things which would be great for Blue Ezreal, you would think, but... I, no, I never got it. I I played maybe twenty games of Ezreal this week with the intention of buying Essence Reaver, but I I had when I had the money, I was like, no, I no, this is dumb. So here's how they could change it: if instead of a pickaxe, they made it a longsword and took a thousand gold off the price, maybe, maybe. But in the so you're thinking carry, vampiric scepter plus longsword. Reduce the attack damage. Yeah, yeah reduce like, the damage. Get, reduce the attack damage and get rid of the cooldown reduction or something like that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because, you know, that you can get like around level 4, 5, 6, maybe, and you still have the mana problem. Yeah, it, and you still actually, and you still have a little bit of a laning phase. Yeah, you still have the laning phase. But an AD carry who has 1,550 gold, who does not buy... And BF Sword is a bad AD carry. <laughs> That's it. I mean, if you've got well, but, enough, but gold... I wanted, but I, I wanted to bring this up though in context of uh, think Yorick, think Skarner, two champions who have classically had issues with mana, um, and both uh, champions who have, I guess, kind of extended laning phases, uh, with you know Yorick being top lane, which is like a never-ending story. Yeah, top lane forever. And, and then Skarner, who is traditionally through the jungle, uh, who, you know, has, like, the longest laning phase of anybody. Um, do we think that maybe we've just uh, not really paid attention to what this item is uh, useful for? Yeah. And we're trying to inst- uh, put it onto AD carries when really what we should be doing is throwing it onto brawlers? Yeah, and that's that's completely that could be it. You know, we're we're maybe assuming this is meant for AD carries when maybe it's not supposed to be an AD carries at all. We actually got an email from a listener who said he tried Essence Reaver on on AD tank Scion and that it worked really well. When and that makes sense because Scion, he's got very little base mana. Um his spells cost uh, you know, quite a bit of mana. His crystalline gaze is is a hundred mana. He starts off with like three hundred mana. So you know, you do it twice and you're done. But uh, you know, with his ultimate life steal attack speed, he can always have mana to either shield or stun. And you're absolutely right. Another example would be maybe Warwick. Uh, 
you know, who's an auto attacker, of course, who likes to have mana for his Q, who Warwick burns through mana really, really quickly. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's better for those bruisers, but I still think that even in that case, even for the bruisers, it would be better if the cost were halved and it was a long sword and the damage was halved. You know, that utility is really what yeah. people want from the Essence Reaver. So make it cheaper, and then it would be a, a, a baller item. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it, it suffers from trying to do too much and Riot, you know, kind of doing the whole, well, because it does all of these things, it should cost more. <laughs> yeah. When the reality is, is that we, like, we put it up against other items and we say, okay, well, what if I just buy the item that only does this thing? Yeah, I mean twenty six you know, fifty gold. Is it? That's like that's like Triforce territory. I mean, I mean, yeah, in, and this, in is, 99, this is certainly not a Triforce. Yeah, ninety nine cases out of a hundred, a Triforce is going to be better than an Essence Reaver. Right. All right. Well, I I just kind of wanted to throw it in there, you know, for the sake of uh, sake of conversation. Yeah. Um. Now I I didn't want to forget about this. There was one last uh, what we see as a major change. Um, among many changes for champions. And that is that LeBlanc has uh, her Q changed. It no longer silences. Yeah. And that's big. That's really big. Because I used to play a lot of LeBlanc, as listeners would know. I haven't really lately, because I haven't really played mid at all uh, lately. But, now, uh, who, didn't they do this to somebody else? Lately, like Cassidy, one of their yeah, Cassidy yeah, no that's longer right. has silence. Yeah, and that's that's another reason I've been playing Garen <laughs> because Garen's silence is still there, and silence is really powerful. It's it's yeah, but it's, it's maybe it's next, Van. I know. I, I, re- I really <laughs> hope they don't because if they take silence from Garen's queue, Garen is done. Garen, you have to have the silence. But anyway. So silence is really, really powerful, but it's the kind of powerful that people, if you're newish to the game, even if you're like an intermediate level player, you may not realize how powerful silence is. For example, did you know that people cannot flash while they're silenced? Yeah. Yeah. People can't flash. They can't cast summoner spells. They can't use items. They can't use any of their abilities, obviously. So the whole reason Garen is awesome and that is because he can silence you, spin on you, and then ult you, and you can't react. You can't react with anything. So removing that from LeBlanc, who's really dependent on those high bursts, very low amount of time, like burst, I'm going to kill you. Uh, I mean, yeah, we saw a lot of LeBlanc in LCS. She was really, she's probably the number 180 uh, um, AP mid for a while, but that's kind of tapered off you know, in favor of, like, Ziggs and, and, and other people in mid. But uh, removing the silence, I think, is just a really... Uh, that's mean, I think, LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, the silence for LeBlanc feels like a little bit of a win more uh, added bonus to her spells. I feel like this isn't going to change her ability to just, like, outright destroy somebody. Um, because the amount of time that that happens in is very, very quick. Um, and, and, and most people I don't think are going to be able to have a meaningful difference with theirs, with by casting a spell in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it reduces her effectiveness when she's not out to just burst somebody down. 
And when she can't just burst somebody down and has to do it in waves, this definitely hurts her. So it, it kind of uh, accentuates the assassination-style gameplay, I think. Oh, yeah. And if, if we were, like, Fox News or something, we'd be like, there's an attack on silence. They've taken yeah. it from Cassidy. They've taken it from LeBlanc. What's next? Garen? Chogath? Soraka? You know? <laughs> uh, so, uh, silence is a really cool mechanic that involves a lot of counterplay. Uh, and and I, I, I think it would be a shame if, if they attacked it. Because, you know, first we saw Cassidy, and then we saw LeBlanc. Are they attacking silence as a mechanic? You know, it's, they, it's they haven't said anything, but I mean, they like they didn't just out, I don't think they've outright made an announcement like when they were, you know, after uh, crit rate. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yeah. Like a couple of years ago. Um, I think that uh, if there is something that they're doing about silence, that they're doing it very, forgive me, very quietly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't didn't even mean to go there. But uh, I, I, but I think they're doing it like kind of incognito. Um, that maybe they're not just telling they're not telling players, hey, we want to reduce the amount of silences in the game because silence is you know a really frustrating mechanic for a lot of players. Um, I mean, when when you think about it, like there's there's few there's few mechanics in the game with as with the as few options to counterplay as silence, right? Well, that too, and it's silence is not very is not a very spectator friendly mechanic as well, you know, because you can say, oh well, why didn't X use X ability? Well, because they were silenced, and you don't really see that as well. So, yeah, so so it's frustrating on the end of the person getting silenced, but it, it can also I can also see them attacking it from the end of people who have silence who don't feel as though they have accomplished a much as much as someone who's done you know a thousand damage burst damage, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So someone who's like, oh yeah, I silenced that you know Nunu ult as Soraka, yay, I saved my team, but you don't really feel that as much as I Garen ultimated. Uh, you know, Nunu while he was ulting and killed him. <laughs> That's way more satisfying. Oh, God, yeah. I love Garen. I, I see. <laughs> I guess my biggest fear is should they, you know, the war on silence continue and they eliminate it or whatnot, it's going to really hamper my ability to excuse my really poor play. It's like, why did you <laughs> heal me? Oh, I, I was silenced. That block's really good. She that, silenced yeah. me. And yeah. then switched to killing the AD carry. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Oh, man. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's take this into item territory. Uh, not, the, not the new items, because we've already talked about Essence Reaver, and we'll get to Ardent Sensor, but uh, there's kind of a theme to the item changes in this patch, and that is that, you know, attack speed, boo, or no, no, attack speed, attack yay, yay. lifesteal, boo, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can really see it. Uh, one of the one of the biggest things you'll see is is a Rangar top with four Doran's blades. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! Okay, let's just I had that in like all caps on my notes here. So Doran's blade is back, baby. Yeah. Um, I feel didn't we record like a commercial for Doran's blade? Yeah, it's it was it was it's been on an episode. If you can, you'll go back and we've listened to it. But you know what? I I think you need to make that. Uh, you need to roll that like right about here. Yeah. In the episode. 
But okay, I've got um, it somewhere on my computer. Yeah. All right. So so Doran's blade. Uh, if you haven't been with us for uh, that long, there's an old version of Doran's blade where it used to have <gasps> life steal. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the the issue that people had with Doran's blade, well, besides the fact that it gave you like at the time what like a hundred health, fifteen attack damage, and yeah, no, uh, it, plus it gave you ten attack damage it was the same yeah, as a as a as a longsword so it was like you know i could buy a longsword yes which could build into something else or i could buy a dorn's blade which gives me health lifesteal plus the same damage as a longsword so. right right and uh and so they they've done away with that and you know it'll probably never be as bad as it used to be people running around with four longswords but it was basically it was it was a typical 80 carry build to have four long swords in your inventory at some point in the game. Doran's blades, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Doran's blades. Um, <laughs> yeah. so what they are now is they, they got rid of that life on hit. They now have 3% life steal, 70 health, and 7 attack damage. Well, I mean, if you remember towards the beginning or right after the beginning of season four, they nerfed with the rune changes. Mm-hmm. They nerfed life steal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they nerfed lifesteal quints, which was a, was a mainstay in a lot of 80 carries, um, and, and even some tops. But, uh, yeah, with, with restoring the lifesteal on Doran's Blade, it's, it's really brought back some, some memories. And like I said, the most, the most egregious example of this you will see is the Rengar with four, sub, with four yeah. Doran's Blades, which one, one he's, popular. He's going to be back. I don't know if it was Trick2G or something. It was one popular streamer really like started doing this. And they're like, yeah, just buy Doran's Blade. But back in the day, it used to be Aurelia. And if you're new to the game, you're, if you've probably still heard the Nerf Aurelia meme, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's where that came from. Aurelia used to just be able to buy like three or four Doran's Blades and dominate through the mid game, then buy the Triforce and the, you know, GA and all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, so and just sit there and slowly re- replace Doran's blades with, you know, high ticket three thousand gold items. Yeah, and that's the problem is that Doran's blades such a cheap option that you can buy Doran's blades, get that really good early to mid game power spike that you get from one to three Doran's blades, and then once you have dominated the mid game, you can buy those Infinity Edges and Triforces and GAs, and you know. All those people who were buying pickaxes to buy their essence reavers are crying because they're <laughs> losing the game while you're buying Doran's blades. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Restoring the life steal, yeah. I don't know if it's like you said, Jeff. It's not as bad as it used to be, but they're kind of going back to that that same like you know mindset as as to uh, the old Doran's blade. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I want to draw kind of a parallel here where Essence Reaver costs 2650, right? So if we wanted to fill that space with Doran's Blades, that's what? Uh, six Doran's Blades? <laughs> right? <Or> more? <laughs> yeah. Six, let's just say six Doran's Blades. Um, and so let's compare some stats here. If you were to buy six Doran's Blades, you'd be getting 350 health. Yeah. Um, you would, or sorry, uh, yeah, the 360 health, sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, that's you would 420. Be, uh, oh, yeah, 420, yeah, 420 health, 70 health. damages, yeah. You get 420 health, uh, you would be getting 42 damage versus the 50 damage. Of course, you get no health with the Essence Reaver. 
So you'd be eight damage down. Um, you would have 18% lifesteal as opposed to 10%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you'd be missing out on the cooldown reduction and the, uh, the passive mana. Yep. I don't know. Like, six <laughs> Doran's Blades is sounding pretty good right now. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Now, of well, course, you can't have six Doran's Blades in boots or something like that, but, uh. 18% lifesteal. That's pretty good. Hey, you know what? Five Doran's Blades in boots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, something to look out for, people. Doran's Blades uh, stacking is once again a thing. Um, now, but Lifesteal, it's funny, because they you know put Lifesteal back on Doran's Blades, and they said they wanted to give people the option of tailoring to their needs. Uh, other Lifesteal items have been hit with a second round of nerfs. Vampiric Scepter is down to 8%. Uh, and of, of course, everything that builds out of it has responded. So, Bilgewater Cutlass is now eight percent, and Blade of the Rune King, which fifth previously was uh, was fifteen percent, is now ten percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, Blade of the Rune King just kind of took a hit overall. Yeah, uh, it's you know five percent less movement speed reduction. Maximum health damage is now ten uh, percent instead of fifteen percent of their maximum health. Um, I mean, I guess it does more, it does more damage per hit. There's just a higher, or a lower cap on it. You know, I, I, I think that makes sense. Bork had kind of become a standard go-to for multiple lanes at this point. You saw both a lot of top laners building Bork as well as some AD carries building Bork. And so I, I think in their attempt to diversify the item pool as successful or unsuccessful as they may be, um, at least they're targeting the correct items. Well, yeah. <clears throat> and I think this patch has done a lot of that. And, and, uh, the Bork is really a problem because with the rise of AD mids like Yasuo, Zed, um, you know, and, and Zed's fallen off pretty, pretty, much pretty abrupt uh, recently yeah. yeah but i mean bork is is you'll it's not uncommon to finish a game and then notice oh hey there's like eight borks in this game <laughs> there's eight borks yeah. and 10 champions like what the crap uh so i really agree with the bork nerfs um they they ner- they not only nerfed it but they did change some of the pricing so daggers are now 450 which eh, you could say that's not significant but 50 gold is 50 gold and then of course the nerf to life seal but one thing that they didn't nerf and if you're if you play top lane a lot you'll notice this is hydra you know there's always been the there's been the vamp scepter which is the starting oh, yeah the starting life steal you could build bork or bloodthirster or you could build hydra which a lot of champions like wukong lee sin top lane will go straight for that hydra and have infinite sustain in lane. So they didn't nerf the lifesteal on Hydra, which is interesting. Well, and actually, no, it's, uh, it's pretty explicit what they're doing here. They, they had mentioned that they wanted to curb lifesteal on the AD carrier, on what they're calling the marksman role. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's been kind of nuts. Uh, Hydra is a distinctly melee, uh, item. Well, yeah, it has to be melee. And it's, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so I think that, uh, that's, that's the reason right there. If they wanted, Hydra to still be strong. And uh, I wonder how this dynamic is going to play out, like if it's going to actually have people moving towards Hydra 
as the uh, effectiveness of the other lifesteal items for melee characters have has been diminished along with you know their effectiveness well, for everybody which else. i completely agree with the the problem i think with bork is that it's too attractive for melee champions i mean yeah. like like a bork on a warwick oh my god i get to slow them i get extra lifesteal and attack speed yeah yeah you know yeah. but you know if if that was the difference if 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 Hydra was the go-to melee lifesteal item, I would completely agree with that. You know, Bork's, Bork's active is supposed to be a defensive. That's what it was designed to be, but so many champions use it offensively very effectively, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why Bork is so popular. Gotcha. Okay, so then, um, you know, let's get to what is the uh, mainstay of lifesteal in the current meta, and that is Bloodthirster. Uh, Bloodthirster is basically the build first on AD carry and has been for a while. Uh, you know, everyone still loves Infinity Edges and all of that, but, you know, lifesteal, 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 attack damage, lifesteal. Um, <laughs> Bloodthirster, they got rid of the uh, bonus attack damage and lifesteal per unit kill, so it no longer is a stacking item. Uh, they replaced it, they wanted to keep it interesting, I guess. Now, lifesteal can overheal and gives them a shield that absorbs between 50 and 450 damage based on champion level. And this decays when out of combat for 15 seconds. So if you don't take 50 to 450 damage in 15 seconds, you lose the shield. Um, And they upped its attack damage. It went from 70 to 80. Uh, They upped the lifesteal from 12% to 15%, which, you know, seems little strange for, uh, you know, trying to reduce lifesteal for the AD <laughs> environment. Um, and then the total cost went up to 3,500 gold, so a total 300 gold increase. Um, the thing is, though, is that it without the stacks, this is overall a pretty significant nerf to the item. Well, I mean, you remember the stacks also used to increase the lifesteal you got from yes. it. Yes. Yeah, so Damage the total lifesteal. possible lifesteal has been nerfed down from 20% to 15%, or it might have been twenty, whatever it yeah, was. And the total in the total damage so. is now down from what was it? Like a hundred. A hundred. Yeah. 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 But you so don't lose it, stacks when you die, so <laughs> Yeah. So you know, you don't lose stacks when you die and uh it costs more and it's less effective. Yeah. Um but well I am kind of interested to see how see how the whole overheal bloody shield thing works out in the long run. To see if that's something that people actually find attractive, but I have a feeling that they, what they may have done here, maybe this was their intention, is they took Blade of the Ruined King, they, uh, Ruined King, they said, uh, you know what, Melee, you're not supposed to use this, um, and AD Carry, we want you to use this less. And then they said, Bloodthirster, okay, AD Carry, you're not, never supposed to use this ever. Um, but we think that you bruisers might still want something with, uh, lifesteal on it. So, Try this bloodthirster instead of your bork. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The, the new bloodthirster, I mean, bloodthirster was such the go-to burst damage, uh, AD item that was in the game. I mean, it was the ultimate. I mean, mm-hmm. you could, you could make arguments for infinity edge. Yeah. If you get a crit, but you have to, you have to tailor your whole build to do a crit. If I'm playing, you know, misfortune. And her Q scales off attack damage. I want that Bloodthirster because the Bloodthirster increases my attack damage the most out of any guide item in the game. 
So any AD scaling ability, Bloodthirster is going to affect that the most. So they've really changed the game a lot more than I think they might have intended to by changing this Bloodthirster. Um, it's just weird to me now. Seeing the AD carries with the little blood shields on them and you know, losing a lot of that burst potential is just... I, I think it's changed... Like I said, I think it's changed the game a lot more than they intended to. Now... Do you actually notice the shield? Because I actually don't notice the shield. Oh, it's incredibly visible. Well, I mean, as far as the survivability of AD carries. Oh, I thought you meant like... Oh, no, AD carries, no. AD carries are still squishy and they die instantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I just feel like, you know, I didn't really buy them anything right there. Uh, something that Riot did say they're trying to do is they want... Uh, with the change, they want BF Sword to supplant, you know, as the, like, dominant AD carry item, and I think that they clearly want people to move into Infinity Edges and things like to, that. To supplant what? I mean, BF Sword is uh, always I know, been I the know. dominant AD carry item. I mean, that's what you, that's what you, like, like, laning phase is to get enough money to buy a BF Sword, then you know you're right. winning. Well, but, and, and so that's what confuses me here is they threw another five damage onto it. Like, and I don't get that. Like they, there, what was the, what was wrong with BF sword? It was 45 damage on a stick. And mm-hmm. for some reason in this patch, they said, you know what? Needs to be 50. Yeah. I like our AD carry's not doing enough damage. Cause <laughs> uh, last, last I checked, it's the AD carry that's picking up all the kills. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe, maybe because they nerfed Bloodthirster. I mean, Bloodthirster was the penultimate, what, what, actually I'll say the ultimate AD carry item because Bloodthirster was only effective if you didn't die. Well, the person on the team that had the most likelihood of getting kills, but also not dying was the AD carry. Mm -hmm. Because AD carries have kits that support that. You know, Ezreal can flash away, you know, yeah. Zivir can every, run fast. Every AD carry yeah. that's worth their salt has a, <laughs> uh, a dash. Well, yeah. It's, <laughs> they have a dash, a snare, a long-range damage dealer that pierces, and uh, true damage. So, you know. <laughs> so you might be, maybe the, the buff to the BF sword, you know, proper is sort of to compensate for the nerf that they did to Bloodthirster, because I don't think anyone can look at this new Bloodthirster and say it's not a nerf. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty clearly a nerf in every direction. Like, it's more expensive, less less effective. Um, Alright, what do you guys think of Mer- Mercurial Scimitar? This, yeah. uh, they added 20 damage to it, added 100 gold to the price, and said, oh, ranged characters can now use the active ability also. I don't know, it- for some items, I see them just as desperate attempts to get people to buy the item. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I never use Mercurial Seminar. Granted, I play almost no melee champions, with the exception of tanks, so I wasn't buying Mercurial Seminar. Scimitar. Well, um, I mean, there there are some champions though that being kited is their number one downfall. Champions like Trindamir. You know, Trinomir gets kited, like, especially during his whole... I mean, he's done. I mean, and mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. with so many mobile champions, it's really easy to kite a lot of people. So I can see it for melee, but the, why they added the range, I, I think, honestly, that it's trying to get more people to buy the item. 
they're trying tired of seeing games end with eight borks in them and zero mercurial centaurs. Yeah. Now, uh, do you think this is going to get people to buy the item? Uh, I don't know, but but if you think about the actives, you know, I always complain about supports having nothing but active items. Well, now it might be AD carry since Bloodthirster sucks now. You know, throw a Bork <laughs> and a Mercurial Scimitar, then you can one two the you know the Yasuo who's charging at you and get what slow them by thirty five percent plus increase your speed by by whatever percent. So you're you know that's like a free get out, that's a get out of jail free card right there. Okay, here, let me uh, transition this away from lifesteal. Let's talk about attack speed, um, because there's a clear message in this patch that was, we want people to attack faster. Uh, that seems to be what Riot's saying. Um, you know, we want them to regenerate less health per hit, but we want everyone to be attacking faster. Dagger uh, up 3%. It's now a 15% attack speed for 450 gold. Berserker Greaves, now a 1,000 gold Para boots, 25% attack speed. Zeal is now 20% and has an 1100 uh, gold cost, which, uh, by the way, is down by 75 gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wits End got a buff of 8% and its price went up by 100 gold. Uh, Yomu's has a brand new uh, active. Again, and, for range, for range uh, champions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, like all across the board, we want uh, we want you to attack faster. What's the deal? Well, I think uh, as opposed to silence, which we talked about earlier, you have to be really into League of Legends to understand that certain champions silence and that when when that silence is impo- most important, only someone who's really into League and has been playing for a long time will understand that. However, attack speed, attack speed is demonstrated by animation. You can see attack speed. You can see, a spectator can see someone who's attacking really fast and be like, ooh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, a Soraka you know, silencing a Nunu alt, eh, no one's, the spectator's not going to get that. But someone like a Wukong beating the crap out of someone with a lot of attack speed, yeah, that's kind of cool looking. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, this is, in, in large part, this whole patch, um, and many patches before, this isn't the first time that they've done it, folks, or at least that I'll make the accusation. I think that a lot of this isn't necessarily to make the game uh, better or more playable or to fix what they uh, an issue of gameplay as the game is now, but rather to, for it's a way of Riot to steer the game towards what they want it to be. And I think what they want is they want games to finish faster. They want uh, there to be more deaths, uh, faster deaths, less getting away, more... Like, they, they just... I think they just want more carnage. And uh, I, th- I feel like this is what's going on in this patch. You know, reduce the survivability of everybody, increase the amount of damage that people are doing, increase the damage on damage-dealing items... Um, do you think I'm wrong here? Oh, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, in the same way that home runs sell tickets, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. attacks, attack speed and, and decrease survivability, uh, is, is a really good way. And, and yeah, we talk about a lot of the, the, the spectators and, and league 
trying to transition into more of a, a sport, a spectator sport, than it is just a game. But it's it's not only that. It's 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 the players' uh, uh, personal feelings, <laughs> and I don't want to get too too psychological here, but uh, you know your feelings are important. Um, so, you know, having attack speed is a very rewarding stat, right? I mean, I don't think anyone could... You get to chunk people faster, and your animation gets stupid. Yeah, like, see, look at, I mean, you know, I'll play a bot game and go attack speed Maokai, and it's hilarious, you know, watching Maokai punch someone really, really fast, and sometimes kick. Uh, that's his crit animation, by the way. Um, so critical strike, attack speed, uh, life seal, all this stuff is really cool. Uh, silence, not very cool. Uh, <laughs> being able to survive, not very cool. Although there are a lot of players, myself included, that really get a kick out of, you know, being able to outlast. Winning through surviving is sort of the kind of the tank motif. <laughs> Uh, that's why I'm attracted to champions like Leona. That's why, despite the fact that I hate Jungle Mundo, I whenever I jungle, I usually play Mundo. Um, you know, it, it, surviving is boring. Killing, getting kills, that carnage, like you said, Jeff, attack speed, lifesteal, all this stuff, that's what's cool. That's what's going to sell tickets. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I want to move on to the next uh, part of the podcast, but, uh, you know, email and all that stuff. But uh, there's a couple more subjects here. So uh, what I really want is for each of you, and I'll, I'll do my best to stay out of it, uh, each of you to give one sentence uh, on these topics, all right? So this is like our okay. flash round, our lightning okay. round. Okay, okay, okay. One okay. sentence. So starting with uh, you, Eric Belsas. Mm-hmm. Ardent Sensor. Ardent Sensor's... Attack speed buff currently lasts way too long, and as such, makes it incredibly powerful. Okay. Here, I'll, I'll actually save you guys the trouble on uh, one of these. Ardent Sensor is a new item uh, introduced uh, targeting supports. It has a passive. Your he- uh, heals and shields on other units grant them a twenty-five second. Uh, sorry, a twenty-five percent attack speed for six seconds. Uh, it gives you 8% movement speed, 30 ability power, 10 mana per 5, 10 cooldown, uh, 2200 gold. It's got like three different knives on it and a file and a toothpick accessory and <laughs> whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Compi. Okay. Ardent Sensor is a desperate attempt to get people to play traditional supports because people don't play them anymore and why did we nerf Blood Boil support Nunu for life? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in the subject of summoner spells, heal has had its uh, effectiveness reduced again. The speed boost duration is now down from two seconds to one second. This time starting with Compi, heal. Uh, heal should be removed from the game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's my sentence. Eric, Eric Belsas. Um, I still believe uh, having two persons with heal in the bottom lane is still good. And it's how I do things. 
Okay. Uh, te- <laughs> teleport. Teleport has uh, had its cooldown when teleporting to towers uh, increased to 240 seconds. Previously, it was 200. They believed it was a little bit strong. Uh, Eric Belsauce, your thoughts? Uh, Dave, if you could put like a, you know, ticking clock in the background during this segment. <laughs> For sure, know. sure, yeah. <laughs> I am saddened by this nerf to teleport because I thought it made teleporting to assist allies and ganks more viable. That being said, I understand because uh, it was simply allowing top laners to get back to top lane and solo farm more quickly. You ever get the sense, uh, Dave, this isn't your question, by the way, but you ever get the sense that like breaking up with Eric Belsauce has got to be just the easiest thing ever? You know, it's like, I understand why we're not right together, but I still want to have a friendship because <laughs> I feel like we're very compatible as friends. <laughs> God forbid I be diplomatic, Jeff. <laughs> oh no, that's, you got to throw a tantrum, man. It's like your last opportunity as an adult to throw a tantrum. <laughs> hey, once Riot starts messing with Nami, I'll start throwing a tantrum. Okay, okay. Dave, <laughs> your thoughts on the teleport change? Okay, I, in my uh, now, I'm a limited top lane player. I don't play much top, but I I feel like there are two categories of top laners. There are lane control top laners, and there are I'm going to kill you in your face top laners. And I think the teleport nerf is a nerf to the I'm going to kill you in your face top laners. Now, how I feel about that, I don't. I don't really honestly care because I never play top lane. But uh, you know, sometimes when they combine, I'm going to kill your face and lane control. That can be very compatible. But something that can help you if you're one champion, one type of top laner versus the other is that teleport, the reduced cooldown on the on the tower. So I think I think it's really helped limit the the. Uh, variety of top laners that we'll see okay okay that was six sentences you, you kind of stretched no, out the whole that was a sentence. long long run-on sentence oh yeah bra. comma comma <laughs> comma semicolon um, right <laughs> m dash m dash you know what just for that copy we're gonna skip over our trinket discussion save that for ah. next week. yeah that's right that's how i got my revenge um <laughs> uh, you know but before what we get Randall's? into Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Randoins is just a continuation in Riot's of the attempt to increase the increase attack body speed. count. Yeah, <laughs> body like count. Yeah, it, the same it, thing was the other way. So they you know, Randoins was the negative of attack speed. It was the item that hurt it hurt attack speed the most and you everyone said got hurt it. it didn't Heard it. I almost said heard it. But you, in a game, it would be common to see six Borks. It would also be common to see six Randoins. So I, I like the nerf to Randoins. And, and, and yet Frozen Heart was untouched. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, before we get into email and our game and challenges and reviews and all of that good stuff, I do want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Uh, you can visit them at audiblepodcast.com slash lowelo where you can sign up, get your free audiobook download. Uh, it, it's awesome. Just make sure you go to audiblepodcast.com slash lowelo. 
Uh, right now, if you don't know Audible or if you're joining us for the first time, uh, it's a service that all three of us love. They're the number one source for audiobooks on the internet. They're an Amazon company, so if you've ever ordered anything off of Amazon, you already have an account. It makes it pretty easy. Uh, myself, just before this show, I went and finally, by Compi's uh, suggestions, I purchased all three books in Joe Abercrombie's The Blade Itself Trilogy. Uh, I'm looking forward to kicking that listening session off uh, when I head to Portland here in a couple of weeks for PDX Land. Yeah. Uh, and it's the it's the first law trilogy, but the first one oh, is, is it the, the first blade law itself. Trilogy? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, the blade itself is the first one. Um, but yeah, so I've pre-ordered. I've used my credits <laughs> to pre-order uh, some a book I recommended. I think once on the show was uh, Blood Song by Anthony Ryan. Uh, is a Raven's Shadow book one. Well, book two is coming out July first, so I pre-ordered that. And then also by Joe Abercrombie is Half a King. He's starting a new trilogy, uh, and Half a King is the first one that's coming out July fifteenth. So I've pre-ordered those, and I cannot wait until I get to listen to those. I am going to hop in with some lighter listening because. <laughs> You know, we all, we're all fans of fantasy and, and fantasy stretches across epic lengths and depths and has it's... a billion names and, and, um, it can be very overwhelming, if you will. I am going to recommend a book, um, called Johannes Cabal, the Necromancer, which is about a man who sold his soul to the devil and then realized that life sucks without a soul. So he makes a deal with the devil to get 100 other people's souls so he can get his soul back. Um, <laughs> Satan, it, to assist him in this endeavor, Satan gives him a haunted carnival. Um, it is hilarious. It, is very, awesome. it is very <laughs> dark. Um, it is very sarcastic and is sardonic. Is it like modern? Is it, is uh, it modern uh, no, setting? No, it, it's like, it's like, er, like late 19th century. Oh, okay. That's so, cool. so turn of the industrial revolution. It's fantastic. What's I, it called I, the, again? Johannes Cabal, the Necromancer. Okay, you're gonna have to like type that to me in Skype because I know people are gonna ask what that uh, yeah. book was called. Yes. And I'm gonna yeah, spell that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, if you'd like to check out Johannes Cabal, the Necromancer, uh, on Audible. Uh, if you haven't signed up already, head to audiblepodcast.com slash Loilo. And it, man, I think I've got one credit left. I'm going to have to check <laughs> that out. Okay. Um, onwards and upwards. Um, I think last week, actually, we had like a couple of things going on over the last couple of weeks as far as challenges and games and everything. Uh, where do you want to start, Copy? You yeah, want to start with the challenge? Or let's, the... let's start with the game because... Okay. Uh, last last week's episode was called uh, Slam Ball, and we were talking or about... Or Smash Ball, if you read the artwork, you know. <laughs> yeah. These things, they happen, okay? We're talking about how <laughs> soccer sucks and how Slam Ball is the future. Um, <laughs> because they took a basketball court and they added trampolines. So we were asking, yeah. where would you add trampolines on Summoner's Rift? And uh, Sam says he would add trampolines right in front of the fountain so it would be easy to make it deep into their pool and even get some crazy last-second suicide kills. And he shared a gif of a Ziggs doing just that 
with his satchel charge, which I think I shared with you guys. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, he looked like Michael Jordan. He like went up in the air and threw a bomb. He, anyway, it was great. Uh, Pickelator says I'd put trampolines behind the dragon and barren pits for massive dunk objective steals and ignitions on the other team. I I think that would be great. You know, I think it'd be great too. Like I think that when you hit the trampolines, it needs to shoot like. Uh, fire effects into the air on either side <laughs> at the same time too, you know. So there's like a big smoke effect and a flash and sparks and all that. That'd be great. Emmett says I'd put a huge trampoline in the middle of each river uh, that brought you to the middle of mid bot top lane to make roaming hilariously easy <laughs> and fast. Everyone has a Pantheon alt. Go. <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike says the best place for trampolines is in bushes. You think face checking a bush into Rangar is scary now? Imagine him jumping 200 feet in the air and stabbing you in the face. <laughs> and then finally, Derek says, I'd rather not put trampolines on the rift, but instead, I'd rather build a trampoline team with Lulu, Lulu AD carry, Alistair support, Ziggs mid, Wukong jungle, and Cho'Gath top. Janna or Nami would also work with this comp. Then you can bring the trampoline to the enemy team wherever you want and make them feel more extreme and give them the option to never stop jumping until they die. (laughs) That's kind of of a fun team comp. Just, uh, you know, have your enemy in the air the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd throw a Malphite in there. For sure. Okay, yeah, yeah. Throw he says. He also says, as much as I'd love Yasuo for this comp with jumping, he's not necessary, which I agree. <laughs> I think that's the best description of Yasuo you could give, <laughs> is that he's not necessary. <laughs> he's, a, he's an unnecessary champion. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's, that's the trampoline game. <laughs> now, if you also remember, we had a 2v5 bot challenge, which we had a continuation. We had some last week. Uh, but we continued it because we didn't get uh, enough, enough, uh, people answering in. But we did get some people and a lot of, uh, people increased their time. So last week, um, we had live from Midgard and Lobodyne who finished in 1303 with Jinx and Zenzao. This week they did Aatrox and Yasuo with 1218. So they improved their time by almost nice. a minute. Yeah. Uh, wow. Forged Hero. And Captain Captain Orange last week did Master Yi and Jinx for eleven thirty five. Uh, this week, I kind of insinuated that maybe they weren't being honest, but yeah. this week they they assured me they were honest, and they entered a time as Trundle and Jinx for twelve ten, which was pretty good. Uh, Heroic Cookie, which if you remember last week played one v five versus bots as Ziggs, <laughs> oh. he sent in a screenshot. Of him and Dr. Cheese that, uh, as Ziggs and Jinx, uh, that finished in 1153. And he drew a box around his, uh, friends list icon. And oh. there were seven friends. He says, I has friends. So he wanted to, <laughs> he wanted to let everybody know that he actually does have friends and to not feel sorry for him. <laughs> uh, Stormblind and Fae, Stormblind and Phelan played Caitlin and Jinx. And they finished 11-14. Now, what's interesting is they both ran Smite Teleport. Ooh. Right? Smite Teleport. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. It's pushing. And they both had Hurricanes. So, Caitlyn and Jinx oh. with Hurricanes, they finished in 11-14. That makes sense. Um, 
Now, we have a couple times faster than that, so I, I'm calling them third place. And a lot of jinx. We've seen a lot of jinx. Uh, Cletus and Label Out played Nunu and Jinx. Nunu went AD, interestingly enough, and then finished in 1055. And I think that's probably because of Blood Boil on the Jinx. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, they use the Blood well, Boil. And, and you think about it, uh, if Nunu's actually attacking stuff, he gets to consume each wave. You can clear waves super fast. Yeah, for sure. He gets, yeah, so, and then, but the fastest time that we got was Marjoram playing on Janna and Yum Yum Taco (laughs) playing, playing on Jinx and they finished in 932. Now, before you say, yeah, nine minutes, under 10 minutes. Now, before you say this is fake, they, Marjoram sent me like four screenshots (laughs) of in the game. And what I think happened, <laughs> you know, what I think happened is Janna kited most of the bots around while Jinx pushed and won the game. <laughs> because there's, there's, in this one of the screenshots, Janna's like over by Baron and there's three bots chasing her. <laughs> and Jinx is in, can, in the base nice. killing the Nexus. So, yeah. Interesting. Hey, we never said that you couldn't, you know, exploit the stupidity of the AI. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's, that's like what the best way to do all it. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I do want to take. I'm sorry. What were their names again? Uh, Marjoram and Yum Yum Taco. Okay, cool. So uh, we'll have to get addresses, and I'll send them a couple of stickers or something. Um, I know we've had a lot of people asking. Uh, a few shows ago, we mentioned our idea of a five v five summoners rift first blood tournament (laughs) and don't worry we haven't forgotten we just haven't been able to organize it yet but that still is an awesome idea and it's still going to happen we just need to get it organized so don't worry i just it's coming okay yeah yeah for sure so but that was a great challenge guys we got a lot of entries uh, I, I wasn't able to go through them all but thank you for trying and thank you for sending in your stories well we went through them all we just couldn't read them all on the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> all right um awesome you know i was thinking uh about the whole this whole slam ball thing and uh you know Slam ball better than soccer deal. And then, and we like did like a tribute to World Cup or at least as tribute as we could with this episode's opening, didn't we? Yep. Yeah. And Espanol. We're, we're kind of sending a a mixed message here, I feel. Yeah. (laughs) Go, go World Cup. I I don't know. What, how do you, how do you do that? well, I just can't do it. I mean, now, of course, all the rage is people talking about, like, soccer players biting each other. Because apparently that's, <laughs> like, a thing. You, you heard about that, right? No, but Mike Tyson did that years ago, guys. Come on. Well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's it, it's a little bit different when you're, like, in the middle of a boxing match and grappling with each other and everything. I mean, it's still <laughs> unexcusable. But uh, some, uh, Eric, I feel like you had to have heard about this, like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a guy in the British team. Uh, he's since been like suspended for a billion years or something. No, but, for uh, four months. Uh, it's close enough. <laughs> so this is the third time that he's bitten somebody in 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 a game, and it's not like you know he he tells people when he gets interviewed. 
You know, it's like, oh, it's just a thing that happens, you know? Like, you're playing soccer, and you're really close to somebody, and then you bite them, and, you know, it's... <laughs> Like, you know, they, their their arm goes in your mouth and then you <laughs> chomp down. It's that, that, you know, it's a reality of Completely life. Completely natural. Um, which, of course, is BS. Yeah, right. This is total BS. And uh, they, like, do the slow-mo. And it's like, you, you can see it. It's like the guy, like, you know, it's, you know, bears his teeth and, like, turns and, like, you know, like he's gonna go attack a pork chop or something like that. It's <laughs> not even, not even a question. Um, but, uh, th- but the thing is though, the, what makes it really painful for watching soccer for me, I just can't do it. Uh, has nothing to do with the speed of the game, which is what I hear a lot of people say in the United States. Uh, for me, it's like the dives. It's the same reason I can't watch basketball. It's, like at every moment, like the moment two people make contact, at least one of them like falls to the ground, holding their face uh, or knee or something. Yeah, like mm-hmm. oh my god, that was that was illegal. I broke my leg and I will never walk yeah. again. And they show this oh, clip oh, in oh, slow motion oh, like eight times. And if the referee's <laughs> not looking, they just stand yeah. back up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then and go back to doing exactly what they were doing. Um, and, and the reason it's so painful is because, uh, you know, I feel like our basketball players in the United States probably do a better job. And if I wanted to watch that, I'd just watch NBA basketball. Yeah, man. Watch them flop around. I can't, you know, watch like a 140-pound dude, like, go into Shaq, and Shaq just, like, jump back, like, 10 feet and fall on his back like that would happen. <laughs> Like, dude, Shaq, come on, dude. Well, Shaq, Shaq drew a lot of fouls, so. <laughs> it's, usually I think people would target Shaq by just running at him as hard as they could. <laughs> and then they would, they would like bounce 20 feet across the, the court. Yeah. You know, and someone would just be like, well, shoot, we gotta call that. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guy's bleeding and concussed. <laughs> like running into a brick wall, man. Oh, I don't know. It's it's inescapable right now. Like the I thought I was done with uh, World Cup soccer when I left the office, and then I went and played some League of Legends, and I'm sitting here watching, you know, all the soccer skins that people are breaking out. And... Mm-hmm. But I feel like none of them truly capture the uh, the true essence of the World Cup soccer. Yeah, it, what's I mean, with the toaster guns on Lucian? <laughs> Lucian skin is just terrible in general. The Maokai skin is good though. Yeah, the I, I Maokai, really like. Yeah, him. yeah, you're right. The Maokai he throws soccer balls. Good. Yeah. Now, do any of them have uh, like special animations or anything like that? I've never seen anyone do uh, like taunts or anything. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I'm pretty I, sure that I, they. I don't. hope so. And if they don't, they should. Because <laughs> think of how amazing it would be, like like we were just talking about, like if you could taunt as Lucian and he just like runs three feet, falls over, clutching his leg, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it just it like starts flopping around. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh my God, ref, foul, foul, foul. <laughs> And then stands back up and shoots his toaster guns at people. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, 
you know, you just got me thinking. We, I think we, we were going to do, uh, like an elaborate challenge that involved, uh, you know, two players playing Teemo, one on, uh, Jax and then, uh, a referee that was a, uh, a, uh, Leona. But, uh, <laughs> uh, after that, actually, I just had a, a good idea. So, uh, let's change it. Let's make the game this week. Uh, what Eric just did. Like, what, hmm, how do, how to phrase this? How to best phrase this? Pick an existing champion skin. What's the one emote that you could add to that skin to make it the greatest skin ever, ever? Oh man, <laughs> that's pretty good. And, and your bar right now, people? Is Striker Lucian flopping around on the ground trying to holding drop. his knee, yeah, yeah. <laughs> holding his knee or holding his face? Yeah, that's my favorite one when they like they put both hands over their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your bar. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, you can send those and other emails to team at lowelo.com. I'm looking forward to reading those on uh, the next episode. So uh, come with, come with your best people. You've got to design champions in the past. You've got to design skills. Now you get to design an emote. Yeah. Okay. What do we got for email this week? Well, we got an out, uh, around the world update from a listener named Marvel Ice Cream. Uh, now he sent us an email earlier. Uh, and, and he's apparently on this uh, on a world tour, so if you check your local venues for Marvel ice cream, for Marvel. But, <laughs> but, uh, you know he's from Canada, and he sent us a first email from Tanzania, Africa, and he sent us some cool pics of a giraffe, which, which you would expect, and then a monkey sitting on a plastic long chair, which was pretty funny. Nice. Uh, and he says, uh, you, you know, know, more monkey pictures, more yeah, monkey pictures. Yeah. He says he's, he also snapped a picture of the Chinese prime minister and his escort vehicle while they were on safari. Apparently the Chinese prime minister was also visiting Tanzania, Africa at the same time. Cool. I didn't, I didn't know China had a prime minister, but, uh, there you go. He also sent us a second email from Zanzibar, uh, which is famous for being a part of that tenacious D song. Uh, <laughs> he says he's been staying by the Indian Ocean for the next uh, 10 days, swimming around, snorkeling with dolphins, and overall just chilling out. And he says his next stop, his final stop, is Amsterdam, uh, and he will conclude his epic trinity and, and send us pictures from Amsterdam as well. So, uh, thanks, Marvel Man. Ice Cream, for the cool pictures and the cool stories. And, Dude, uh, I want, I want this guy's summer. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to Tanzania, Zanzibar, and Amsterdam. Yeah, right. No big deal. Yeah. I, shoot. When this episode's <laughs> done recording, I think I'll go down to the pool, but still. <laughs> Almost the same. I mean, it's, it's a really just, nice pool. Just imagine giraffes. And dolphins. And dolphins, yeah. Uh, we I, also I got feel like s- Imagine Giraffes is the bad cover band version of Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, yeah. You know, I was talking to someone not too long ago. They uh, and and like you know, 
bad or like epic band names came up because somebody said something similar and uh he came up with a really good one and it was uh i think it was 400 watts of fish <laughs> nice or, uh, or, or 40 watts of fish or something like that it was yeah. uh, like the yeah. amount of the amount of electricity that a electric eel can produce or something like that hmm. mm. it's a good one right yeah, like uh, I, I, I could see myself listening to forty watts of fish. Make make Jet's checks payable to Jeff Wyckoff. Right. Uh, <laughs> we also got especially some more... for the fish one because that wasn't my idea. Yeah, we also got some more entries entries for hipster supports, and I've heard reports of this, but apparently brand support is getting a lot more popular, especially on the PBE. Oh, uh, okay. No one tell Gankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Uh, but he said, uh, got an email from Jester's Ghost. Is this Ghost. email from Gankenstein? <laughs> no, it's from two different people, Jester's Ghost and Baldozer44, uh, both saying brand is, is the new rage. So I think that disqualifies him as a hipster support. Well, yeah, if everybody else is doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Coded Spider says, Zach, the special weapon and build health, which, you know, recently I would have like probably discounted this straight up. But we recently had Brom come out, and mm-hmm. all Brom needed was health. So I can see Zach with nothing but health. With he says uh, Zach has so much health, he could see over the very towers he leaped over to get to the back line and cause mayhem. Just build a runic bulwark or a runic whatever that is shield and stomp away. So mm-hmm. maybe Zach he's got a knock up, he's got a slow. And yeah, and uh, if he screws up, there's still time before he counts as a kill. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay. Wolf Wolf Knight, this is this is a this will be a sort of a you'll remember this. Wolf Knight says Darius. Do you remember when Darius came out and Darius support was not, you know, uncommon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he says Darius' biggest weakness is being kited, so my favorite pairing is with Sivir for her ult. Being an unselfish Darius is actually fun sometimes. <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah so anyway so hipster support report thanks guys for sending those yep. in you you heard it here and now it's cool so now we yeah. need more hipsters yep supports. so now <laughs> once it's here it's no longer no longer hipster you know i feel like we need to give you I a don't... segment copy called like the the support report or something like that. <laughs> i i, I feel like that gives us about four shows until hipster supports become Trindamir and uh, <laughs> Evelyn. Like, ev- yeah, exactly. It's like, well, we 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 talked about all the other ones, so uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. eventually, eventually, maybe they'll make some buffs, and then we'll get like, you know, Janna. Yeah, maybe they'll That'll come out silly. with a, no come out with a new Janna item support. Come out with a new item that gives attack speed with shields or something, right? Like, something crazy like that. I heard that works on towers. Is that true? It totally works on towers. And oh right my gosh! Said, you can give you can right give power to twenty five percent intended. So yeah, you can totally incredible. give. Towers. But like Jen is the only one that can either heal or shield a tower. I mean, do so anything to towers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, anyway. could, can you get uh, a, the the thing, the glacial shroud or whatever that gives people shield or anything else? I guess on Mikhail's. Uh, uh, so yes, uh, Mikhail's. Or a uh, locket of the Iron Solari yeah. um, will actually proc Ardent Sensor. Oh, see, now everyone's a support. It's or the, true. Uh, the uh, runic 
one that upgrades gives the it's one target shield. Oh yeah, yeah. runic bulwark. No, it's not runic no, bulwark. No, but... <laughs> that face that of came in was relic awesome. shield. The one that relic. comes out of relic shield, the tier three one. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, yeah. we also got an email from Chelly Chelidro Chelidro. It says, I love your show. You guys have taught me so much, and I've used the Hey Man so many times I can't even count. So I was listening to the show a bit late where the game was Skin Concepts. I have forever been waiting for Bob Ross Heimerdinger. He would have a huge afro and throw paintbrushes, and his turrets can be paintball guns. I feel like it would also need new voices as well, too. He has a question for us. Chiladro says, my question for Wait, you wouldn't all. His, wouldn't his turrets like, somehow be like happy little trees? Yeah, happy little trees. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> With happy little trees. And they just, you know, they, maybe they shoot happy little birds at people. Yeah. <laughs> On PBS. Uh, he says, my question for you all is, what is the Low Elo team's origin story? How did you all get started, meet, and decide that you wanted to do this show? Well, Dave and I were uh, driving you know, home from uh, a soup kitchen where we volunteered one night when a uh, vehicle filled with radioactive waste <laughs> ran off the road and we both got bit by grasshoppers. Radioactive grasshoppers. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Like, we got bit by the grasshoppers, so we had the grasshopper DNA in us, and then the radioactive waste mutated the grasshopper DNA in us. So, not mutant grasshoppers. But. And the lesson we learned is that grasshoppers actually bite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it was funny because I was playing regularly with these guys. And do you remember the guys, Jeff, that we both played regularly with? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was my buddy Nathan. Uh, or which Nathan, you, you, know. you knew them in real life. Yeah, I knew them in real life because uh, I used to uh, be on the... Uh, competitive Magic the Gathering scene in Colorado. And these were friends of mine who were also, who were all either on my team or were regular practice buddies of mine. Um, and the thing is, you know, that if you're, if you're regular, like if you're really competitive with a game like, uh, Magic the Gathering and you have people outside your team that you practice your competitive decks with, you're going to be really good friends with them because, you know, you're exposing a lot of your, disadvantages and advantages to them and you know so but we were really good friends uh i still played are. with them because they liked that i played support pantheon yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so uh what was it like they one of them found out that i played league of legends or i found out that they played league of legends at the time i wasn't even level 30 and they said oh you should log in and play with us sometime so i did and it was only a matter of time before uh that led to me playing games with Compi. And what, you think it took like two weeks before we like both kind of took off and just started playing by ourselves without them? Yeah, no, it, it, because the, the thing about those guys <laughs> is they were, they were ragers. Oh they, yeah. They were everything that Loi Lo stands against. <laughs> yeah, they, they, <laughs> I mean, they, they were. They were cocky they, when they won. They were ragers when they were losing, and they and, hated and, each other. And yeah, yeah, they and, and they, you know, all chat everything, all caps, all cursing all the time. So it's really those guys that are responsible <laughs> for the creation of Low Elo, because Jeff yeah. and I would play with each other and be like, "Wow, this game is so much more less stressful because those guys aren't in this game." <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, then I, I remember that I moved from Colorado to California. Um, and after like 
maybe a month or two out there. You and I continue to play. And uh, <clears throat> I pose the question, you know, there has to be something out there that teaches these people how to behave and how to play this game. I think that we had just had a couple of really bad games yeah, uh, with people who were misbehaving but also not very good at the game. And uh, I know we had talked about podcasts in the past, mainly like that I had done them. And you, Compi, he posed the question, uh, why don't we do a podcast? Yeah. And that was it. That was the yeah. beginning of Low Elo. Yeah, like, uh, what, like a week later, we were recording episode one? Yep. Which, you know, don't don't go listen to that. <laughs> episode one is bad. Yeah, oh my god. Episode one and two are terrible. I think it really took us a while to, to hit our stride. But, um, you know, yeah, we've been doing it ever since. And then, okay, so Eric... Uh, your origin story. Well, my origin story in relation to low elo, or my origin story in general. Uh, let's have a do the in general, but then fast forward to the part where Batman joins the JLA. Okay. Um. Well, Batman only joined the JLA because he was kind of forced to to oversee the JLA by the Justice League. Yeah, but, which um, is. <laughs> That's pretty much know. what happened. I mean, the government <laughs> told me to step in here. Um, <laughs> they're like, we, we, uh, so, okay. Well, I was introduced to League of Legends by, uh, Riot Games. They came to me and, uh, they said, we, we want to show you this game, uh, which is actually half true. They were actually coming to Josh Augustine, my roommate at the time. <laughs> and League of Legends being a big cooperative game, I was like, um, get me in there too. Um, which they kindly did, which is why I got to register the username Miley Cyrus. Um, what this led to is a great relationship in which Josh and I played the game together. We reviewed the game together. It should be noted that our review was not um, supplanted with any free IP or RP. Uh, I, and I just want to make that clear, you know. Um, <laughs> that being it's a said... Good thing you made that clear. Well, I, you get accusations on an hourly basis, so... Oh, really? Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of insane. Um, that... That being said, we made some good friends at Riot and might have gotten a, a couple skins out of the deal or something. Um, but that's, that's what started me on League of Legends. And I played League of Legends pretty much exclusively with Josh. And we tried to get other guys in the office into it. Uh, they were all kind of shooter players. So, uh, they weren't, they weren't so much into it. So Josh and I played a lot of games of Twisted Tree Line. We used to play that before work. Um, and as far as I was concerned, Summoner's Rift was super scary. Uh, yeah. It's five people. <laughs> there was like a meta. Um, this was all still beta, so there wasn't really a meta. Uh, but but Twisted Tree Line. I was all about Twisted Tree Line. Yeah. And so now I want to I wanna fast forward. I want to tell like an in-betweener here. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is that. Uh, and I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And. So, uh, go to the first mega super world finals in LA. And, uh, Josh Augustine and I, you know, I'd been 
uh, as a podcaster listening to PC Gamers podcast and a whole bunch of other stuff for a while. So I actually yeah, yeah. knew of Eric Belsauce and uh, I had communicated back and forth with uh, Josh Augustine uh, a little bit, uh, really just, you know, professional stuff. And we both happened to be in town uh, visiting Riot for the World Series. Uh, or sorry, myself uh, and Copy. We were both there. Yep. <clears throat> and for the World Finals. And uh, so we met, kind of kicked it off. But not until recently. I'm, I'm trying to remember what event it was exactly. Maybe it was E3 last year, like E3 in 2013. I think it, I think it was E3... Yes, it was E3 yeah. of 2013, so because Hex e- was having a Kickstarter. Yes, so Hex, another game that we have a podcast about, uh, wa- uh, was throwing a Kickstarter. Uh, we happened to meet Josh and I at the World of Tanks, uh, like the Wargaming.net uh, party for E3, because we were both covering the event. Uh, him, I think he was doing a bunch of freelance stuff, and I was, uh, and I'm, you know, was working it for nvidia and we we were just like we should do a hex podcast yes done (laughs) and then for like the beginning planning stages he brought in he's like hey i want to introduce you to this buddy of mine he's a pretty cool guy uh you know just watch out he has a funny looking beard so uh, (laughs) uh this is eric belsas you know i work with him at pc gamer and that's Boom, all of a sudden Eric Belsas enters yeah. the picture. And then back to Eric Belsas for the finishing of his origin. So um so Jeff and I met in a way totally utterly unrelated to League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Um and in fact uh we we did several podcasts of Hex. Yep. Uh we had fun uh Threshold the Hex podcast is, is yes. the name of that podcast. Still ongoing, still a lot of fun. Oh um, yeah. And so Eventually, it came up that that I had the the vague re- knowledge that that Jeff hosted a podcast about League of Legends, which I figured was some dinky thing he did for fun, which is fine. <laughs> I'm all about dinky podcasts to do for fun. Little did I know it was, you know, low elo. This <laughs> legit, epic, epic like of of the four people there, of the podcast. four people on threshold, I probably had the highest listenership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, which isn't to say anything about. Josh's 18 other podcasts. But. Yeah. <laughs> He's um, a podcasting machine. He is. He is. Um, so eventually we played some games and, and at, at this point is, is when I would have met Compi. Um, and, and I've, I eventually, I, I wasn't even level 30 at that point, despite having been playing <laughs> nope. since beta. That's, that's how we do it, man. Like I, I got brought into comp, uh, Compi's circle and, yeah. Everything when I was yeah. sub thirty, we did the same um, to you. Yep. So, so episode ninety six, I was I was invited on, and I, I I I'm not sure why I was invited on. I was certainly glad to have been. Um, and I've never relinquished the third chair since. I I said, you know what? I I I believe I said on episode one hundred. I I said my my resolution for the next 100 episodes is to appear three more times because i appeared three times before episode 100 uh, i i i have surpassed that goal four times over um so Good. Like, you know yeah yeah i think the moral of the story is that compi is the center of everything 
So, you know what? Really, it really makes things happen. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've there's this dynamic going on. I know that this isn't what the guy asked about, but <laughs> it's like if it's if it's website based, uh, you know, technical stuff or you know, planning, spending, all of all of that crap. It's me, right? But if it's like making sure that everyone gets along and has a good time. It's Dave. <laughs> yeah, man. Because I wouldn't be able to do that. No. If I was in charge of that portion <laughs> and Dave was in charge of my portion, then, like, you know, our website would probably be done on GeoCities and everyone <laughs> would be angry at each other and we probably wouldn't have made it past episode, like, four. Angel Fire, yeah. Yeah, Way Angel Fire. Right. GeoCities. You know, Fortune Cities. Anyway, that's one. probably much more of an answer than you wanted, Cheldro, but, uh, but, but thanks but, for asking the question. And, and if you, if you don't want to have to ever repeat any of that, you can default to the radioactive, uh, <laughs> grasshopper DNA. Radioactive grasshopper is, uh, Imagine Giraffes. Newest single <laughs> cover band. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's their opening act. All right, yeah. we got one. We got one more question from John, who says, "Hey guys, longtime listener, first time writer. I just played a game where the enemy team consisted of Lee Sin, Cassidy, uh, Shivana, Galio, and Kazix. I'll let your guys' groans speak for themselves. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, I, besides Lee Sin." Yeah. Anyway, he says, needless to say, we lost. I was wondering, how do you deal with the champion comp, which is as mobile as the one listed above? What are some basic tips for dealing with mobile champions in solo queue? Um, I'll throw mine out. It's kind of limited and maybe a little too obvious. That is that uh, if a champion is really mobile, like a Kha'Zix or otherwise, uh, chances are that's because if they didn't have their mobility, they'd be a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. And so, really, one of your biggest keys to knocking those champions down a peg is to land a good CC and then a coordinated, focused effort to knock them down. Well, yeah, and and mine is that we've talked about this before, but pursuit angles. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, part of part of uh, uh, doing pursuit angles properly is not caring that you get the kill necessarily not like oh i want to kill kazix because i hate that guy blah 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 blah. no i want the team to kill him right now so you know you have one person in the river in case he jumps over the the ledge you have one person chasing through blue buff in case he goes that way so if you use pursuit angles and and a coordinated team effort and this is something that happens naturally as you get better at the game as you as you realize who you're chasing and what their capabilities are, especially people who can jump over ledges like Riven now, Cassidy and Kha'Zix, Lee Sin, all that stuff. It's just something that happens naturally. Uh, so like I said, we've, we've, I can't remember what episode it was, but go back and listen to the one where we talked about pursuit angles and that'll help you. Yeah. And now that, uh, don't think that pursuit angles is only useful when you're trying to chase somebody down. Because if you're having an issue of dealing with the problem where, say, uh, a Kha'Zix jumps onto the back of your team and kills your rear line, uh, pursuit angles still apply because you want to pay attention to what what is it that they can do. 
to get in and cause havoc. And if you're, you know, if you're the front line, that means being ready to uh, either double back and very quickly uh, take advantage of the fact that somebody was willing to become surrounded in order to try and make a play. Or it could mean uh, holding your front line while the rest of your team does that so that you can deny uh, a support angle from the rest of the team. Oh, yeah. Sure. I had someone recently tell me how, how good of a Garen I was, which happens to me almost every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was saying that most Garens that he's played with will immediately die for the enemy AD carry or the enemy carries and not even care about trying to peel or zone. Well, that's because Garen doesn't have any CC. So yeah. naturally, people are like, he can okay. be ignored. Yeah, he can be ignored. So he's like, but naturally, it's like, okay, offensive. But they're is value in recognizing when I need to try to do damage to the Kha'Zix, for example, who jumps on my AD carry. I can silence them, I can spin on them, and I can, I can even ult them. And taking sometimes taking out that Kha'Zix is more important than taking least, damage from the enemy vein. At least you can silence them for now. Yeah, yeah, for now, before they <laughs> remove that. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, my, my piece of advice might be more obvious but um when i'm up against that situation uh it's you know i go to rylies i go to iceborne gauntlet i go to frost queen's claim randuin's uh items are there for you not to follow a guide written on the internet but for you to customize based on what you're up against if you're up against a lot of stuff moving around really fast see what you can do to slow them down so Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Any advice that says don't follow guides online is good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't you once have like the number one guide on some champion online or something? For AP hybrid misfortune? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was hey. the number four guide for misfortune. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> there you oh, go. There you but go. That, that's it for email. Okay. Well, thank you very much for all of your emails, everyone. Um, remember, keep them coming. You can send those, your game uh, ideas, your, uh, sorry, your game submissions, any ideas you might have for future games, or anything else you might want to contribute to the show, like uh, a around-the-world update. Send it to team at lowelo.com. All three of us get it, and all three of us will read. Yeah. So uh, I think we've got some new iTunes reviews. Uh, are you prepped to take that take that up? I certainly am. We have a pile of new iTunes reviews. Uh, it's very exciting. Uh, like but our, our first one <laughs> kind of comes in on a little bit of a sad note, I'm afraid. Aww. In fact, it comes in from Sad Sin, who says, I feel abused. This uh, podcast <laughs> is great, but every time they talk about Lee Sin, I go into depression. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> We've trained you well. <laughs> Sorry, sad sin. Um, <laughs> next from Chirac. He says, Piggly Wiggly Poo, the show is better than Q. Have you seen that letter? It's an O, but better. Higgly Diggly Doo. <laughs> Which wow. might be my favorite review of all time. <laughs> that's pretty good. Man. Yeah, that's that like, review just got lyric. That's a professional more, children's yeah. author right there. We, we need more quatrains. <laughs> Up in our iTunes reviews. <laughs> so, second mini challenge of the week. If you haven't reviewed us, why? But five stars, write a quatrain. There you go. 
<laughs> you know, I I just want more reviews in poetry form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any like, form yeah. of poetry, I guess. Write yeah. a sonnet, maybe. Ooh, you know, some haiku, some heroic yeah. couplets, perhaps. <laughs> uh, you know, a series of haikus <laughs> would be kind of interesting as well. Um. <laughs> so, Balldozer Forty Four says, "What you contribute to of the low El- the League of Legends?" Uh, okay. Um. What he really says is, "Low Elo is a high quality League of Legends podcast." And what they most can't the least would be do not a bad podcast, but always a good. So <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You know what? I like that one too. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, he, it's kinda like yeah. he forgot how English worked halfway through the uh, review, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Soldier Dino, which of course is Soldier Boy's time traveling brother, um, says best law podcast ever. Keep it up, guys. Love your podcast. It continually teaches me new things about the game. Thank you. Codename Nerd writes in, says, Best relief from the trolls in LOL. It's good to hear people actually having fun playing this game. Plus, it's a bonus <laughs> when you can, act, can when you can walk away with tips and tricks you may not know or have thought of because we learn from your mistakes and we laugh with you. Thanks for the That's- show. It's like the one of the saddest things I've ever heard. It's nice to hear what is it, nice to hear people actually having fun with this Actually game. having fun playing this game. Yeah. So between sad sin and and quit, play, uh, quit playing nerd. ranked. That's there you go. Quit playing ranked. Have fun. It's funny how that works. Play some bot games. Keep it groovy. <laughs> bot games. Those are all groovy. Hey Ninja man, <laughs> let's play a bot game. <laughs> Ninja Clone says, awesome. This podcast has helped me be a better summoner. You guys are funny and awesome to listen to. Thank you. Oh, I, I was, I was like yeah. waiting for you to like drop the beat or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't beatbox. You can cut that. I'm not you going to. cut that. <laughs> nope. You can cut that. <laughs> Grumbly Tummy writes in, says, super yellow swag, five stars. Um, this podcast keeps me from going crazy at work and makes the time pass by. So quick listened to all the episodes. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Um, nice. Thank you for the great tips and the awesome entertainment. So thank you. Yeah. Apparently, if you're going crazy at work, just, you know, listen, starting from one. All the way up to 117. <laughs> you know, your boss, co-workers, they don't get that League of Legends is really cool. So you can't talk about it, but you can listen to Luilo. Yeah. We understand. And that's like, and that's that. like talking about it behind the backs. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which makes you cool. Yeah. Um, it's like part of an exclusive club. It's yeah, so there's like seven new reviews this week. Maybe we can break that record next week. With some sweet poetry reviews. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Come on, people. Poetry reviews. Let's see it. You know, yeah. I think we need to just define a month. You know what? July is low elo poetry month. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I get that. All right. Low Elo Poetry Month. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> Send in, you know, you know, leave us reviews, of course, in, in any poetic form you wish. Or comments us, in poetry. Comments, yeah. Send us emails with, yeah. uh, you know, oh, your yeah. best Low Elo uh, poems. Yeah. yeah. No, I like this. 
great. Hey, Loilo is has ever been an, a patron for the arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gonna be epic. <laughs> so since I'm I think, Lo- I think we need I'm... a poetry contest. <laughs> a slam poetry contest. Ooh. <laughs> So, okay, I'm, now help me out. What what is okay. slam poetry? It's uh it it's like kind of a rap battle, but oh. without music. <laughs> um, oh, I got it. Is it like you have to have two poets? Yeah, well, it, it's there'll be a slam poetry contest, and I, you know, I was in grad school. A lot of people who did this, and it's usually held at a coffee shop, um, and they do slam poetry, and it's whoever can, you know, do the best slam poetry. Okay. It's usually against something, and there's a lot of anger, and <laughs> so yeah. so it would be like slam poetry against rage. Uh, yeah, exactly. There you go. Okay. So, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Well, let's let's do it. Let's just call it right now. We're all and on top of all of the other poetry for July, <laughs> we're gonna have a low elo slam poetry. You pick the subject that you're slamming. But it's got to be, you know, within the low elo uh, wheelhouse. <clears throat> so that opens up like what? Raging. Leeson. Leeson. <laughs> Kha'Zix. Cassidy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Blaming your teammates. You want to slam against that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Blaming your teammates. Not, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all that stuff. You need inspiration. Like basically pick an episode of low elo and, uh, that's your inspiration. Slam Poetry Contest. Send your uh, entries to team at lowelo.com. Subject, uh, Slam Contest. No, uh, the Slam Jam. Slam Jam? Ooh, yeah. Slam Jam. Space Jam. <laughs> Smash Ball. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal starring in Kazam. <laughs> yeah, with one of those. Um, in the subject so that we can spot it and we will we'll enter you into our uh, entirely arbitrarily judged uh july contest poetry contest yeah we'll pick the winner based on which one we like the most <laughs> basically <laughs> it's usually how that works yeah all right oh this is gonna be awesome yeah it is oh my god this is the best thing ever um in the meantime continue to send your five stars on iTunes. And if you uh, send us a review on anywhere other than the U.S. store, send us an email at the same time. You know, this month, send us a poet, poem at the same time, letting us know so that we can go ahead and give you your uh, just desserts. I want some dessert. I, I want just desserts. <laughs> yeah. Forget dinner. I just <laughs> yeah. want desserts. <laughs> well, only desserts. <laughs> You know, I feel like I feel like the British really figured that one out. You know, us over here, we're just like, well, we want pie, but we can only have pie if we finish all of our green beans. And the British are just like, well, we put meat in our pies, and now we eat pie all the time. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty big loophole they've exploited yeah. about pie. Seriously. <laughs> now I just need to invent the shepherd's donut. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that. It's probably horrible. Or meat ice <laughs> meat ice cream. It's just a frozen chicken breast on a beef fork. flavored ice cream. There you go. <laughs> okay, maybe you know what they can ha- they can keep their meat pies. 
Low Elo is recorded by the hosts, produced by Jeff Wyckoff, and edited graciously by Dave Quarles. Our website is lowelo.com. Our Twitch stream is twitch.tv slash community. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash community. Join us in-game in the Low Elo chat room. It's all one word, L-O-W-E-L-O. My Twitter is EatGamer, Dave's is LowElodave, and Eric's is Bellsauce, B-E-L-S-A-A-S. LowElo is supported first by listener donations. For more information, visit LowElo.com slash donate. And don't forget to catch our new show, Foam Finger Hat Robot, at FoamFingerHatRobot.com. Thank you for listening to LowElo, episode 114. And don't forget... Stay classy, son.